thanks for joining us again all. Um, coronavirus be damned. I think we will continue basically via FaceTime to continue to try and get episodes out to you. So Jared and I are on the line. How you going there, mate? Still a little bit disappointed with the Saints, I assume. Oh yeah, a little bit disappointed, but that's just that's just the normal, isn't it? That's the par for the course. So. Uh, I believe America's uh, going off for AFL as well because there's nothing else on. Yeah, it only took a pandemic to, uh, you know, for the AFL to pick up <laughs> the interest to pick up in a, to get it out to the anywhere world. other than Australia. But yeah, I'd, I'd imagine there'll All be right. no uh, there'll be no game in China this year. You'd think? No, I think they'll <laughs> skip the game. <laughs> Strangely enough. Well, look, tonight today's episode will be Tucker and Dale versus Evil from 2010. But before we get to that, let's do a bit of a run-through of what we've been watching. Uh, Jared, what's been on your slate for the last couple of weeks? Yeah, a couple of uh, couple of random things, mostly pretty good. So after reading and watching Ready Player One, I had this list of movies and stuff together that I wanted to get on top of, get get across that I hadn't seen or hadn't seen in a while. And um, War Games came across my my path so I checked that out bit of fun like it's it's very sort of dated in some ways but in other ways the uh, computer sort of hacking stuff held up pretty well for the time I got onto Swamp Thing finally the TV TV show. show I've only checked out the pilot but I was really impressed I really liked it very sort of horror vibe to it um, some of the effects are really good too and yeah it seems like it was a money decision that it wasn't necessarily the quality of the show what I've seen so far I've been pretty happy with I watched all the way to the end of The Outsider the first season I liked right. it a lot I liked it a lot I think some parts they did did better than the book they made a few changes added a few characters that actually ended up really kind of ringing some some resonance out of it and um yeah, Ben Mendelsohn's fantastic. The the woman that plays Holly Gibney, her name escapes me at the moment, but she's fantastic. It's just, yeah, mm. definitely worthwhile. If you read the book, even if you didn't read the book and you like Stephen King, it's a definite, definite watch, that one. Um, I got on to Bloodshot, uh, which... Yeah, how was that? Yeah, it, it was okay. Like it was, a, it was an entertaining enough cinema experience, but I didn't get anything more than I thought I would get. Vin Diesel hasn't converted me. His acting skills haven't. <laughs> they, they haven't converted. I think he's going to need to do a bit to convert you somehow. Uh, it's it's just I don't know. It's just pretty flat for a for a very interesting concept. So I couldn't I couldn't recommend that you rush out and see it. Um, well, can't at the moment. No, well, yeah, that's right. Well, even when it hits streaming, just yeah. just he's off until it's on the ninety nine cent list or something. Um, I see a lot of this stuff's going to be put on streaming straight away. Essentially, yeah, I noticed that was happening with a few things. Um, well, they said Bloodshot. They said um, pretty much Frozen. They put Frozen two on the other day. Yeah, I think they're going to put Onwards on in like two weeks. Yep. They sped up Birds of Praise. On demand release too, Warner Brothers. There's a whole bunch of them. Going there was on. some. There was some. A bit of minor talk about Wonder Woman. 
yeah. turning up. Yeah. And that sounds like a stupidity. I think you it's just been that I think that talk has been um, last I last I heard they they sort of said that's no nah, it's not it's not going to streaming. No, it's a stupid idea. Anyway. What else did I check out? Uh, I watched DC animated one, Batman Hush, which was okay. I think they have a tendency with these famous stories out of comics that they're developing this tendency to change the endings and the twists and mix up characters and things. From that regard, it's it's good to still be sort of surprised by certain things, but it yeah, wasn't wasn't great. Just a standard fare, that one. Knives Out. Finally watched that. Yeah. Loved it. Loved every minute of it. Yeah. Michael Shannon and Don Johnson. <laughs> they were fantastic. Uh, Daniel Craig carrying that accent on for the whole film was outstanding. And the talk now is that they're going going back to the well and using him as like the pyro for like a, another right. story for the next one, um, which would be right, okay. which would be cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the mystery element was good. And the acting was excellent, but I mean, I, I was laughing a lot more than I thought I would be. Like the one where Chris yeah. Evans is telling everyone, "Eat shit, eat shit, you eat shit," and then they kind of walk out of the room, and in the background you hear Michael shouted, screaming like a lunatic. He's there going, "I will not eat what I order of shit," and he's just blowing up. <laughs> I was in stitches. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was bloody. Good. Don Johnson had—I can't remember what the line was—but there was one that he had. He said that I had to stop the movie for too because you know I was just laughing too much to catch what was going on next. And the only other things I saw were—I got onto two fan films: Halloween Night and Friday the Thirteenth Vengeance. Um, okay. And they were lengthy too. Now Vengeance is a full-size film. Vengeance is, is Vengeance is ninety minutes long. So Vengeance is the one that's got Steve Dash. And CJ Graham, a little cameo from Tom McLaughlin. They get a guy, one of the guys from the video game, who paid to have a character, a counselor based on him. They got him as one of the cast members, one of the one of the people in the in the movie. Uh, yeah, it was all right. It was all right. The story kind of the story doesn't really pan out, but CJ Graham plays Elias Voorhees, which is a cool little idea. Um, and Steve Dash is great. I think it was the last thing he ended up doing before he passed away. So uh, he was he was great in his little role. Um, it tries its best to drop some. It drops plenty of Easter eggs that you'll catch. Um, it it does quite well with the kills. Like it, the special effects are really good for a fan film. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just. I mean, it, it's it's. There's not really any story. It just suffers. Probably the worst thing about it is they just ram so many characters in just for the sake of. A Jason sort of kill spree, but yeah, it's it's worth it. it as fan films go. It's definitely sort of in the upper tier for mine. And Halloween Night is okay. another one that had a bit of money behind it. it was a, was a one of that, that starts with the kind of idea of Loomis's grandson. Um, same deal. Like it looked pretty good for a fan film. Obviously had a bit of money behind it. Had a couple of nice parts. It was obviously made by someone who'd seen the original and tried to copy some shots and, and gets a couple of things right. But same deal. The story's just a bit naff and some of the acting's not quite there, which you understand because these things are just made for, for the love of it. So, um, But, yeah, if you're a fan of the sure. series, this is probably something worth checking out. Yeah, I might have to have a look at those because aren't they on YouTube? Yeah, they're both on YouTube. So, yep. Okay. Sweet. Is that everything? That's it. All right. 
I knocked over Friday the 13th 4 through 6 The Town That Dreaded Sundown mm. the remake not the original the remake yep mate I reassess that. That is damn good. Yeah, I liked it. Like, I liked really it really good. Surprisingly, much better than I originally remember it. Mm. Uh, I always liked the idea of kind of this meta, the old movie being part of the remake, and the fact that there are characters or people who are in, involved in the making of the film or their their sort of family. Yeah. Uh, some of the people I talked to. I thought that stuff was really good, but the stuff that really got me was the killer was just super brutal. It was. Yeah, you know, seriously brutal violence, but they never kind of lingered on it for a long period. Mm. You know, it just kind of happened and it happened quickly. You know, like the death of the girl in the car where it's doing like 360s around the car and he's stabbing her every time, blood's sort of hitting the windows and the whole sequence involving the, um, the trombone is nasty. Like, extremely mm. nasty. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought they did a fantastic job with it. And I'd highly recommend it. I can't I can't really can't believe it couldn't get on at the cinemas at all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was it came it probably came at a period where not a lot of the horror flicks were getting a a good look for the at, at the cinemas before like Blumhouse really kind of wound them up again and Yeah. Yeah. I guess the thing too is the original is not a classic. It's not a well known piece. No. Of, of slasher movie sort of history so essentially not a lot of people would have known about it other than, other than your diehard fans and you know it's probably another one of these ones was made for peanuts and just sort of slipped, slipped onto streaming when they realised they couldn't get it in the cinemas or it wasn't going to make any money in the cinemas mm-hmm. so but yeah really really worth a look I really enjoyed it now, the only real quibble I had was I just thought the ending was a little bit silly when they finally tell us who did it mm. It's kind of like a, we've been down this road before. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, loved it. Uh, I watched Power of Grayskull. Yeah. Documentary about He Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, loved it. I thought it was great. And in fact, I, I was happy they went more into the film. Yeah, it was good. Because they spent a lot of time talking about the film. Yeah, there was about, I think it was about 15, 20 minutes worth on the film, which was, which was good. And seeing that, you know, they had some. They actually had some reasonable ideas, and but you know, classic canon. They, <laughs> like when they're talking about the sword fight, they're like, "We had this epic sword fight," and then I get there and nobody's told me that the costume looks like a fucking you know it, the costume is massive and you can barely move in it. And then they tell us that the uh, the budget's been shortened and uh, we've got about you know better cut that down. Yeah, we've got to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, that, look, don't get me wrong, it wouldn't have been classic cinema. No. But I think that there were there was attempts to make it more, perhaps not necessarily go as close to the the He Man comics or whatever they had, the little mini comics yeah. and the TV show, and go a little darker. And I thought Skeletor, the fact that they tried to keep Skeletor quite menacing in that, and I liked the fact that Frank Lang- Langella was just sitting there saying, yeah, we, we talked at length about what I'd say, and I, I wasn't interested in saying anything that sounded really stupid. Yeah. And, and those things are, you know, they were obviously yeah. trying I loved your work, Frank, but something. unfortunately that did happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I think they ended up, they started with like 25 million and ended up making it for 12. Yeah. Or something like that. So it's a bit like Superman 4, which was, don't get me wrong, Superman 4 was an absolute piece of shit. But it was the same thing. Canon had Superman 4 allegedly budgeted at 25 and cut it in half, essentially. So 
you can see how these movies went to shit. That and look again, they weren't ever going to be classics. No. But Canon certainly didn't help them. <laughs> they basically fucked them up the arse. Yes, if you want to put it that way. So, look, it was a really, really good documentary. Though again, I'm a bit like you. Though I miss Roger Sweet. Definitely, definitely. He's such a ball bag. I, like I could have done with yeah. Character. I could have done with him slinging some mud. And <laughs> Do you reckon he just got just didn't get a call about it? I don't <laughs> oh, know. Don't bring. Don't talk to Sweet. He's just an idiot. Yeah, I don't know whether. Um, I don't know what happened. I don't know whether the way that Toy Masters looked like it was um, cutting together made him a little wary <laughs> of you know getting into this sort of back and forth. I'm not entirely sure, really. Yeah. I think that that may have been the... It, it, it'd be interesting to hear what the filmmakers had said because maybe, unless he was... I believe he's a fair bit older. Yeah. So maybe he, I don't, he wasn't up to it or he just wasn't interested. Yeah. Not sure. But he was in Toys That Made Us, so... Yeah. yeah couldn't have been that long ago. All right, I watched City on a Hill. The first four episodes of City on a Hill, which is on stand, mm-hmm. which has bacon um, sizzling away <laughs> nicely. It's, it's, there's, a, there's a bit of grease in the sizzle, though. <laughs> he's a greasy mugrel. He's snorting coke, and it's, yeah, you know, like he's, he's an FBI agent who's a bit dicey. And, yeah. You know, he's, he's sleeping around and he's snorting cocaine, and he's, he's, you know, he's a bit of the old school cop. And the first episode kind of indicates that he's having this conversation with his mate. And the bloke's basically saying it's the yeah because the movie's set in the uh, the show's set in the early nineties yeah and he's like you know there's no more of you sort of blokes basically <laughs> like his mate sort of saying you need to sort yourself out because this is no longer and he kind of gets himself aligned with the new DA about um, doing some you know good or trying to sort of break open the this area of Boston uh, and look so far so good. Bacon is excellent in the role, and the show is not too bad so far. No I surprise there. A bit no of... surprise there. Bacon's always excellent. <laughs> I could have told you I was watching anything yeah, that Bacon yeah. was in, and you were telling me, yeah, 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 look, he's perfectly yeah, part. I bet he nailed it. Yeah, um, suited to the part. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he nailed it, he nailed it. But, uh, yeah, definitely worth a watch. And finally, I got caught up in the new Netflix documentary series, Tiger King. Yes, yeah, I did Holy hear a bit shit. about this. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I watched the whole thing. Go to Wow in a day. Yep. It was fucking unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy doesn't doesn't begin to describe it. It's just everything's happening. You've got to see this guy. His name's Joe Exotic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean He's an absolute and utter lunatic. <laughs> And you should see it. He's a he runs a um, basically a big cat a zoo. Basically, he's cranking out a huge mullet. Still, blonde mullet. He makes his own music. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. Is it exotic? <laughs> no, no. It's like country. It's fucking awful. It's but it's yet. Yet it's so funny, I couldn't look away from it. I need to get his album. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we can dig it up on, uh, what, Amazon Music? You probably have it. <laughs> it is. It's a really interesting story as well. It's got, you know, obviously the mixture of true crime is in there. and But then there's also this whole thing about sort of celebrity and then there's all this sort of stuff in the background about 
or in the foreground for the first couple of episodes about, you know, mistreating animals and, you know, and this feud between him and a place called Big Cat Rescue. <laughs> I mean, it's just got, it's got everything. Like, I'm not joking. It's just, do yourself a favour and check it out. Imagine pitching that, though. You will not be, you will not be, you will be entertained at a minimum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got this bloke named uh, Joe Exotic. He's got his music. He's feuding with other big cat places. Like it's just, it writes itself. Doesn't it? Yeah, well, I think based on what I could tell, they came to yeah you know, to um, do a documentary about him, and then it kind of went in a different direction. Yeah, and it was kind of like holy shit, you know, we've just stumbled upon something really, really interesting. Yep. So in some capacity we would have seen something about Joe Exotic, I'm sure. <laughs> but this the documentary went a different way and they managed to sort of capture it all, which I thought was great. So definitely worth a look. Just perhaps a tad too long. It goes for seven episodes. Probably could have cut it down to say five. But overall I was loving it. Like I was hooked. The whole time. Good stuff. So definitely check it out. And that was it for me. Very good. Oh, the only other thing I've been doing is I've been listening to a podcast called Crime in Sport. Oh, yeah. Absolute magic. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of comedians basically just ripped the... And they did an episode on Todd Carney. Oh, really? An episode on Ben Cousins. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the, his opening statement about Todd Carney is, as soon as I read some uh, news about this guy, I knew we had to get him on. <laughs> I was like, yep. Um, but they did a, a very large um, episode on Mark Gastado. Oh, yes. <laughs> that you, I'm sure you would enjoy. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be straight Interesting on that. Interesting character, Mark Gastado. Mm. But that was it for me. Very good. And in other news, I'm now sitting on a pile of bog <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, fuck you, coronavirus. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, uh, uh, I believe you're you're good enough to go around. <laughs> yeah, I'll go to toilet paper someone's toilet house. Paper, yeah. <laughs> People will love me for it though. I'll be like Santa Claus. <laughs> you walk out the front and you got toilet paper hanging from your tree. You'll be thinking it's Christmas. It's great. You would, you would. All right, let's take a break. And here is the trailer for 2010's Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Who wants to go skinny dipping? No! We got your friend! They captured Allison! Oh! It's the pancakes! You hate pancakes! I'm, I'm gonna make you something else! What am I doing here? Fell into the water. Rescued you. We'll go find your friends. You should relax. Tucker and Dale are on the case. What is this place? Just a cabin. Doesn't mean they're psycho killers. Then why don't you go in there and talk to them? All right. Maybe I will. I said maybe. Dale, what are you doing? I'm, I'm digging a crapper hole. You mind if I help? He's making her dig her own grave. There's no rules out here. It's us against them. No! Oh, good looking friends are here.
your friend out there. He must be allergic to bees or something because he was running like a bat out of hell. This is a suicide pact. These kids are coming out here and they're killing themselves all over the woods. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. The girl that we have, she can maybe explain the whole thing. You got another one inside. Oh, she's in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you gotta take the safety off on the side there. Don't do it. Ah! Time to start being more careful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Time to die. Free. Fire! Don't stop the rope. Don't, don't use that. Let's get you down from there. Wait. Sorry about that. This vacation sucks. Tucker and Dale vs. Evil from 2010 directed by Eli Craig who's also directed the Netflix film Little Evil it's produced by Morgan Jurgensen who produced Fast Lane Albert Kilchek who has no other credits Rosemary Milken who produced Baby Geniuses 2 and Deepak Nayar who produced Dread it's written by both Eli Craig and Morgan Jurgensen it stars Tyler Labine as Dale, Alan Tidak as Tucker, Katrina Bowden as Allison, and Jesse Moss as Chad. The budget was $5 million, and the box office was worldwide was basically $5 million. Now, the film was actually shelved for over three years before it was finally released. So that means it was made in 2007? Hmm. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to give you my thoughts straight away. I can't understand why a movie like this is shelved for that long. No. Um, considering the quality of it, because it's actually very, yeah. very good. I love the fact that it's kind of like a... It's kind of like a little piss take on slasher films and The Hills Have Eyes and stuff like that. It's quite amusing. It's not belly laugh amusing, but it's just yeah. got all these really nice little bits and pieces. And... They also throw in a ton of gore just, just to get your, get your yeah. horror fans in. But also, I think they do a really, really good job with the kind of the relationship between uh, Dale and Allison, which is was un- is unexpected, you know, in a movie like this. Mm. Yep. For me, like, the acting's excellent. As I said, there's humorous moments. There's a couple of negatives that I found to be quite sort of large, I guess. Um, mm. I only had a couple of negatives, but the two of them I felt were quite quite big for me. But overall, a really, really good film. I gave it three and a half. Yep. How do you um, feel? I was, this is, I was the same, three and a half. Yeah, I remember hearing about this for quite a while, and then when it came out... I was in Melbourne at the time and I had to seek it out. I couldn't couldn't find it at, you know, you couldn't find it at Village or any of those sort of cinemas. So I remember going to a little theatre in Carlton that had like 10 screens, but it was like independent sort of cinema stuff. Hmm. So I've, I've sat up in a, in a theatre that had a screen about as big as your standard TV now <laughs> at about 15 seats and, and I was the only one in the theatre. Right. Um, and I think it was gone a week later. So that kind of, yeah, it, it's no surprise that it didn't really make a ton of money because it didn't last long. It didn't have a lot of 
advertising didn't have a lot I'm assuming in America it was a similar situation he didn't have a lot of screens and yeah but I can't I just can't understand it because it's it's one of those movies that's got something to offer it's not just your run of the mill stuff as you said it's like obviously the big tick in the box is yeah this is going to be a piss take on the backwards slashes and whatever but we're going to see it from the from the angle of two good natured fucking yokels yeah. <laughs> whoever, who they think are like the bloody family members from the Sawyer clan or something like that but they do a really good job in that shift like it starts off and it's shot and looks and sounds just like one of these slashes and then you get these shifts to Tucker and Dale and it's kind of amusing and then you go back to the kids and the whole tone shifts again Yeah. and they do a really good job with that that kind of perspective thing I was the same the, the couple of negatives that kind of dragged it down were, were not it wasn't heaps, but they were they were present through kind of the whole the whole thing. Hmm. But yeah, it's it's highly amusing. Like just as you said, it's not belly laughs, but it's it's consistently kind of funny. The the relationship between Duck, Tucker and Dale is kind of sweet. They're kind yeah, of, yeah. They're, they're really good friends, and then as you said, they they play it pretty well with Allison coming into the mix, and mm. yeah, it's just it's one of those things where as soon as you hear the uh, the premise, you think, yeah, I want to see this, and for the most part, it holds up its end of the bargain. So yeah, three and a half for sure for me. Yeah, definitely. All right, the likes. Just the what you said before, the idea of sort of seeing it from these two guys' perspective and they're slightly different to the, you know, the backwards type of hillbillies that they keep sort of saying that they are, like the, the, the yeah. college kids keep saying that they are, is a really cool sort of way of doing it. It's a little twist on the formula. Yeah. It doesn't take it too far outside of things, but it just does enough to, to put it into a different perspective. Um, and the yeah. way they kind of have those sequences where he... Um, where they're being sort of misconstrued as being scumbags. <laughs> like that sequence at the start where the boat goes, yes, you should go over there and talk to her. Just go on over, yeah, yeah. say something and start laughing. And, of course, he goes over with a sigh. Yeah, starts. yeah, just whatever you do, smile and laugh. And then that's right, yeah, he wanders over he with a sigh. He asks the a question and then he like, just hey, What are you guys doing here? And then he starts giggling. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. And he's carrying and like, like even before sign, that, they're just like, oh, shit. Yeah, even before that, like Dale can't stop looking at the looking at the girls. <laughs> so they drive past in the car, and you see him fucking leering out the window. <laughs> 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 they just yeah, the way that they get this, they really quickly ramp up. You have these little these couple of little moments that are misconstrued. Then you switch to Tucker and Dale's perspective, and you're like, oh, these are two good guys. But then they keep doing things where the college kids just see a snippet and it's it's fucking some of them are piss funny. Like yeah. it's it's just yeah, pretty consistent with that and it does a really good job of switching that perspective and yeah. I think the the acting for the most part is is pretty pretty good. Everybody gets yeah. the, the their sort of character pretty right. Mm-hmm. Certainly Tucker and Dale are fantastic. Like they're really, really yeah. really good performances from both Alan Tidak and and Tyler Labine. Um, I think Allison's actually really good as well because there's this kind of like yeah. innocent sort of sweetness about her that helps to kind of showcase t- um, Dale being a really nice sort of guy when, when he ends yeah. up sort of dealing with her. And, and I think a lot of that relationship is also really sweet. I think they do a really, really good job with that. Um, it also comes with some piss-funny moments as well. Um, when he's yeah. trying to explain to the cop how he's, 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 you should talk to her, <laughs> she, she, she can, she can um, 
she can put this all to rest. That's if I hadn't have knocked her out with, <laughs> with a shovel. <laughs> yeah. Alan Tudyk is is fantastic. Like, a, he's, a, he's a guy that doesn't get a whole lot of credit, but... I mean, for a certain section, like, um, you know, Joss Whedon fans would know him from Firefly and he was kind of well-loved in that role, but he's a guy that doesn't, like, he, he, he flies under the radar a bit, but he's just, he's awesome <laughs> in yeah. this. Like, he just nails it. Like, the bit where he was bitten by the fucking bees yeah. was awesome. He keeps trying to, see, you know, when he fucking cracks the beer and starts pouring it on his head. He's <laughs> Was excellent, and the, yeah, I think Tyler Labine was was really good as well. Like, yeah. I I, um, I didn't know much I've about him until I've seen this. No, I've seen him sort of bits and pieces, but again, not not in a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, I was a big fan of all of them, really, especially because none of the none of the people in there are what you would consider big names. No, they did a pretty good job with the with the casting for the most part. Like, and the whole they managed to get really good performances. The college kids do their job because they're supposed to be kind of dummies who yeah, <laughs> just can't seem sort of, to get their s- shit together about what's yeah, going they're on. They're all sort of one note. Yeah, um, but as you said, they're kind of supposed to be. Yeah, and. Look, the the film, another like for me, is that once again, the film has this kind of th- through line running through it that don't judge a book by its cover, basically. That's the whole yeah, idea yeah. of it. And the whole idea of the relationship between Dale and her is about not about what they look like, but what what sort of person he is. Yeah. And so I think they do a really good job of keeping that there, but then they don't overshadow the the kind the I guess the exploitative aspects of the film that you're supposed to have. Like if you're a horror yeah. fan, you're there for certain things. And yep. you get those, but you also get a little more and I think that's rare in slasher yes. films, so to speak. Yeah. Because that's kind of yeah, what well, this is. I guess that's right. It's it's sort of you know flipping the genre on its head a little bit, but giving it a little bit of depth that you don't usually get in the slasher films. So. Yeah. Um, I actually uh, I, I forgot a bit the, the part at the gas station where he wanders out with the scythe. I forgot about Tucker sort of pumping him up before that. Yeah. <laughs> he's sitting there just before he tells him to smile and laugh. He's there going. But you're a good-looking man, uh, more or less, and you got a good heart. That's two things. And then it's, that's, that's, like that, that relationship, that back and forth was fucking piss funny. And how Dale keeps telling everyone, oh, yeah, Tucker's the one that should... You listen to Tucker. He's the one that talks. And as yeah. you, you'd already mentioned, when Dale does get the chance to talk, he shows why fucking... Yeah, why he shouldn't. shouldn't talk about knocking the bird out. And, yeah. And then I, that, I that really whole, liked the, That whole sequence... I really liked that back and forth. Yeah, the, the whole sequence ends with him going, yeah, you know, the ladies don't like me. They hate my face. All right. Yeah, yeah, that um, was awesome. And I think the opening gas station stuff kind of, uh, it just helps to set that scene that they are sort of misrepresenting him somewhat. And then we have the campfire tale where they kind of sort of give you a light reason why they should be worried about this. You know, the same sort of thing happened 20 years ago. You know, the hillbillies came along and killed everyone. You know, classic kind of little setup um, just to give you an understanding. And we already had... 
you know, we already had Tucker and Dale sort of running into the the crazy Ralph type, the the sheriff talking about the cabin, and nothing yeah. would happen up here or whatever. Like, so you had all these. They, they ticked all those boxes early. The backstory, the the gas station stuff had everything. It had the fucking weird looking little kid. It had the people sitting on the fucking sitting on the front step gibbering. Like, it was. Uh, yeah, I thought thought all that setup stuff was was really good. Yeah, they opened strongly. I love that sequence where after they've they've actually got hold of Alison after she's hit her head and they take her yeah. and they get her out of the water and everything like that and then she wakes up in the morning and they shoot it from like outside the cabin looking in and her looking out and then you see the door open and there's like it's kind of like in shadow and there's like it's almost like this fog yeah. and he comes wandering in and it looks like, he looks like, like a zombie or something and then she goes Arr! and he goes oh you don't like pancakes oh shit and he runs off, he, runs yeah. off and he comes back with eggs and bacon I thought that was that's yeah was that was really great funny. I also liked too when they're you know initially when all that stuff when she falls into the water and they're sitting there, they're like dragging her in, and then they say that, like, again, this perspective thing is great because you see them saying, "Oh, we've got to save her," or whatever. And then you see it from the college kids' perspective, and fucking <laughs> Tucker's standing up there going, "We've got your friend." <laughs> they start fucking scooting off in the boat, like. And doesn't he start just, going? Yeah. Oh, they were eating your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the well, yeah, one of the college kids says, "I think, I think they were eating your face." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that stuff is done pretty well throughout. They kind of, uh, you know, I'll go into it a little bit later, but they might go to the well one too many times with yeah. that stuff. But all the way through, that stuff is really good. Like the bloke fucking diving into the wood chipper. <laughs> I was in stitches and then you see him kind of Tucker grabs his legs and then the, Is he alright? Yeah, he's there going, Are you alright? And then the other people see it and all you can see is him like screaming <laughs> and holding onto the two legs like he's just jammed the bloke in there. Like they they do that pretty consistently well throughout the movie. I was laughing at most of them. Another one of my favourites was Tucker when he sawed the bee's nest. And he's running and around like Leatherface. Yeah, he does the little Leatherface dance and then comes steaming out with the fucking chainsaw. Like, As I said, they might have done it one too many times, but every time they did it, I was laughing. Yeah, look, they and, did it and well. they did a really good job of changing their perspective. They did it well, but as I agree, I think they did probably go to the well a little bit too long and it probably has a lot to do with the running time, I think you'll find. Yeah. The film is yep. very scant. Probably must be what about eighty-five minutes. Yeah, I think it was about eighty. Yeah, about eighty-five, probably. So you know, about, once you cut the credits out, yeah, it's about you're trying 84. to pad a little, um, and then yes. that were where some of my problems kind of existed. So mm-hmm. I love that um, sequence too, where he says, as you were saying before, when he'd been stung by all the bees and he's cut through it, and that poor kid runs into a bloody tree and all that. And then there's yeah. a scene where. Um, that's where uh, Dale's going, Tucker can win anybody over. You know, he's a real people person. He's just standing there. He's just covered in head. All his head's just like all misshapen and he can't speak properly. It's like... Yeah. Yeah, that stuff was good. I did enjoy that. You mentioned it before, but they actually do a really good job with the, like when they go, knowing this is a comedy, mm. but they have this awareness that it, that it's aimed at people who are familiar with the genre. So when the the flashbacks are going on and when the the kills happen, the gore is yeah. pretty heavy on it. You yes. know, like they don't they don't shy away from doing that sort of stuff. It's not like they tried to make it 
sort of for a broader audience. I think they did look at horror fans and say, "Well, this is who it's for, so we're gonna we're gonna just go with that stuff because that's yeah. what that's what you expect to see in these things," you know. So in that regard, I think that's that's between that and the kind of there were little things they have to say about film horror films. Yeah, horror films. yeah, they sort of. Between that and those little Easter eggs and the, and the knowledge of the genre, I think it stands pretty well next to something like Cabin in the Woods. It's not yeah. as good, but it's definitely another one that I would say you got to check out because it it's also had a kind vibe of for me of something like The Final Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, sort of horror comedy that went for a PG rate, which I thought was probably a mistake. I think they should have gone. That's right. Full full blown, but um, the films kind of they have a feel of the same type of thing. Yeah, and I think that's that's pretty much what this one has over it. Because I really enjoy the final girls as well. But yeah, it in a sense, because it went for that sort of PG, then you missed a couple of things that you really expect from those films. Exactly. This is a strange note, but I thought it was a good idea because obviously you're trying to continue to keep the college kids thinking that these guys are crazy. And so mm. there's a sequence where they finally come and see Alison when she's there in the cabin. And the one girl yep. pops up and says that she's got Stockholm Syndrome, which is yeah, where yeah, the, yeah. You know, a, a hostage becomes enamoured with the, the people who have taken them hostage. I thought that was a cool yep. idea because, once again, once you get into the point where they're meeting up with her, she's going to just say, look, they haven't hurt me. There's nothing wrong. Yeah, but then yeah. they throw you that in there just to keep – because that could have – you know, if you didn't have something like that, you could have been sitting there going, well, why would they still – be making these poor decisions and doing these stupid things and still believing yeah, these a, guys are bad guys, you know. That's right. It was a it was a funny little idea. And well, then it doesn't scene, last long, again, but it was a good idea. Yeah, and that scene again ramps up with it, you know, the bloke running in with the fucking oh, the, 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 the weed <laughs> <laughs> And then he catches fire. The other chick fucking throws up the Dale's there going, Don't throw that fucking up it goes like I, I think you're right. I did. I did kind of like that, where the two the two creeping outside start yeah. saying oh, they're drinking, they're drinking tea or something. And then yeah, as you said, they convince themselves based on these fucking preconceptions that they have of what's going on, and still yeah. kind of go with the same approach that they were going to go with. And the bit the, the sequence when they sit down to provide their sides of the story. <laughs> <laughs> when the, just the look on Alison's face when the bloke goes bloody Burko and starts grabbing on about how my mum was killed by hillbillies and all that sort of shit. And then she, he finishes yeah. and she just goes, okay. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, thought that, that, was, that scene was also very funny. Again, they, we yeah, two they, together. They kept that little bit of humour just, just there throughout the whole movie. You, you, you never really missed out on a, on a few chuckles. They were always there. So um, I also really enjoyed too, just after that, when um, Dale goes to rescue Alison, they had the little nod to Evil Dead with the kind of gearing up sequence. Yeah. That was another example of the kind of Easter eggs you were talking about and knowing who it's aimed at. And yeah. And what does she say to him? It always helps. What are you doing dressed up like that? And he goes, I don't know, I'm trying to look intimidating. <laughs> then then he comes yeah, over yeah. and she goes, thanks for saving me. And he goes, well, I was so, uh, it was on my way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was kind of funny. He did have – they managed to get this look about him where it did look semi-intimidating but still had this kind of humorous element to yeah. it with the fucking mask and everything. Like, yeah. 
I don't know. It just it just worked pretty well throughout. They really kind of without having anything that was sort of super memorable or lines that you'll kind of repeat over and over or whatever. They they still managed to have this little this undercurrent of humour the whole way through. Yeah, and my last like is actually right at the end. We're at the bowling alley. <laughs> He tells mm. his hillbilly mate to go over and talk to the yeah. ladies. And then all you see in the background is them going, ah, and one of them falling over and he's just dragged her off. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice way to finish it off. Yeah. Like, yeah, you actually you finish it off with one of the actual people that you're supposed to be scared of. I can that say, guy yeah, had, like, I'm going to shoot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was, yeah, that was good, actually. Any other likes from you? No, that was it, pretty much. Similar with like with some of the dislikes, that some of the some of the likes were kind of big and, and carried all the way through. Mm. It's one of those ones I hadn't gone back to since I saw it in the cinema. I've had it, I've had it there on Blu-ray for ages, and for whatever reason, I'd I'd went, I'd gone to start it a couple of times and and never actually watched it again. Right. So it was uh, it was really good to get back into it and kind of yeah, it was uh, it was definitely one worth revisiting. Definitely. Now, the dislikes, mm-hmm. I kind of felt that there was no need for the prologue bit involving him jumping out as the um, journo and her cameraman kind of go, I guess you'd call it sort of found footage style. Yeah. I was kind of like, A, it wasn't really necessary because it doesn't really fold back. Yeah. It's obviously an, an attempt to kind of have a sequel set up before. Well, I think... At the start, rather than it the end. makes look, it makes sense that you said it was shelved. Uh, it looks like they were trying to copy a little bit the Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw remake, Chainsaw. yeah, which was what two thousand three. Yeah. So when they were filming that, it probably wasn't too far yeah. past when that was going on. So I don't know. I, yeah, it, that was one of the ones that didn't quite didn't quite hit. Well, for starters, it gave away the major twist, and I know that there wasn't a lot to it, but it gave away that that bloke was there. So as soon as you see him, you kind of know who he is. And yeah, I. It didn't really. It didn't then plays into the fact that he kind of twists, and they they talk about his mother and all that sort of stuff. And I know you're not yeah. you're not deeply trying to hide that, but you don't mm-hmm. give it away at the start, for Christ's sake. Yeah, well, that was sort of one of my dislikes. Not necessarily the scene, but just just flagging that from the start. And even if you didn't have that scene, I think it was pretty clear. Yeah, because he was kind of over the top, and that his name was Chad. It was like it's like everything's set up for this guy. It's pretty clear that he's he's in on it, and he has that little scene early when he's talking to Allison and he's talking about. I can't remember what the line is, but essentially he spells out that you and I are linked in this, like. And so, yeah, it just, I don't know. It, I, I'm sort of curious as to why that was the decision that was made as well. I don't know. I don't really know why. Yeah, that, that seemed like a, a, a bad choice. And again, I felt like padding. It just felt mm. like just they an extra were minute or so going to seen? add an extra minute in or something for timing purposes. And see, that, they were kind of two negatives at the one time, you know. I was saying that the... the Having that bit at the front wasn't necessary, and then flagging him as being the villain immediately, and the character is super over the top. I think that you know what I think they actually could have done with killing him and having someone else as a subordinate being the one. 
you know, like because he was just he stuck out like a sore thumb, you know, like he needed yeah, him to of, be the man. I kind of get why they did it because it's like you know, I think as you said, the message is don't judge a book by its cover. But there's also this shot at you're the classic fucking frat boy dickhead character in this in this movie. Mm. So there was sort of a there was a purpose to it, like pointing out that no, no, the real bad guys are the people that are making the judgments and yeah. carrying on like assholes essentially. But it was a little yeah, bit clunky, sort of, maybe. It was a little bit clunky. I mean, I did laugh when they when they found that newspaper with the fucking hillbilly that looked just like him. <laughs> you're half hillbilly. You're half hillbilly too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was him <laughs> just dressed up with the bloody beard. And the <laughs> he's kind of leering at the camera when it's taking the photo. Like that stuff did. Did make me laugh. Perhaps the movie might have benefited a little bit if it wasn't so clear early on. Yeah, I think so. I think that would have helped it. But again, you, you're trying to pad out your film a little bit. You're maybe looking for a little, a few little bits and pieces. Again, it's a nod to another film that we yeah, might know. It's sort of, it's sort of, it's hard to find that balance, I guess. And something like I felt like Cabin in the Woods did it just brilliantly is is kind of finding that balance between what you take the piss out of but then providing enough of the elements that that stuff still sort of carries through like yeah cabin in the woods that that the way that they present the reasons for the slasher kind of being there are really funny and clever but then when they actually you know when the shit hits the fan and all that stuff still plays like a slasher and holds up really well yeah. Also, so I think that's probably what it missed a little bit is finding that balance here. So, and as you said, that was one that it, it carried all. Every time you saw the bloke, you just knew that he was going to be a part of this somehow. Possibly clumsy might be the might be the the right word. Um, whether it was a, a big focus or not, I'm not sure. No. Look, my only other dislike was quite. A large one, but it was exactly what you said before. I just feel I went to the well too often. In, in yeah. an effort to try and showcase, there's a miscommunication. You know that they're, they're misunderstanding these guys, and they're using yeah. it. They're basing it on stereotypes and what what they you know what they expect of these people, and they're wrong. Mm. And all of the set pieces they did were quite funny. Yeah, yeah. Every definitely. time they did it. But it felt like the midsection of the film was basically about 40 minutes of the exact same thing. Each time yeah. one of them would go out and try and reason with them and it would all go to pot and then a couple of the kids would die. And then, mm. you know, it was the same thing with the, you know, carving, well, they're not here, we'll leave a note. And he carves, we've got your friend. And, you know, like these sorts of things. Yes, they were funny. Yes, they were, they were interesting in the sense of, from a horror fan's perspective, he understood what all that meant. Yeah. But it was too often. And yeah, I think and they sort of, could have actually spent a little bit more time building Dale and Alison's relationship if they wanted to. Yeah, it possibly. Hurt them. There's a large chunk of the movie where it's just sort of misunderstanding and one of the kids dies. And in that section, the story is pretty lean. Mm. The development of where we're actually going with the story get, gets kind of lean in the middle there, but yeah, it's it, I, and I mean, it felt like they pro- probably could have done with one or two less of the college kids and done something like the chainsaw one, but without one of the kids dying at that particular time. Yeah, like they sneak up on the cabin and then see fucking Tucker steaming out with the chainsaw running around. Yeah. And they piss off and 
you know, we end up. I don't know. You, you, I felt like if you had to cut one or two of those those characters out, you have one, one maybe one less of those sequences, and it probably still works just as well. Yeah. And if you just took, you could have just taken a little bit more time to build the other relationships a little bit more. Yeah. Could have spent that extra five or ten minutes. I mean, it wasn't crying out for. It wasn't bogged down. Like at no point was I thinking, "Jeez, no. this is slow." It wasn't bogged no, down. No, no. So take a little more time. Yeah. Yeah, it just felt like um, it, you know the coincidences and whatever that keeps happening. It's going to be really hard to do it without it feeling sort of contrived in to an extent. Yeah, but it just felt like perhaps they went just a little bit too far with that. I would have probably got the same amount of laughs had they had they dropped one of those one of those out, like the one where the guy jumps into the into the wood chipper. Could we have done without the guy that jumps into the hole and dies? Yeah. Like, I, I think you probably still could have got Dale being surprised and knocking Allison out by accident. Yeah. And, and they still find, I mean, the cop still finds the bloke in the wood chipper. They still have that same conversation. Yeah. But you don't have that one guy in the hole or the guy that ran into the tree. Well, that, like, and that, those two seem exactly the same. They're yeah, exactly yeah, alike, exactly. so there was no point in having yeah. both of them. And we'd already had got some gags before where they're going, look, he's making a dig her own grave and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because she was and helping him out. That was funny. Yeah. Again, that was funny, and you could have still had that sort of close enough to Tucker and the bloke in the wood chipper to, to probably work that out, Yeah, I think. I mean, even if the movie's 80 minutes because of that, it still works. Exactly. And, and look... It doesn't matter to me if you give me 80 minutes of, of tight filming rather than 100 minutes of, like, good stuff, but then there's a slackening portion. And the film didn't yeah. have a slackening portion, but it, it felt like, like, it kind of felt like they need, they felt they needed it. They felt like... Yeah. It could also have been one of those things where they were tossing around a heap of ideas about what to do, and they got a, a heap of really interesting set pieces they wanted to do, and they just kind of... Yeah, so and maybe just got, went went a couple one one or two too many or something like that. Well, that's my that's my opinion. I think they did go one at least one too many. Yeah, that's I agree. One of them I, I, yeah, I, I think as I said, it's going to be a tough balance to have you kind of taking all these coincidences happening, but you've sort of gone into the movie accepting that. Yeah. So we're going to go to a level, but I think perhaps it just went a step over that where you kind of went, oh yeah, okay, we get that, we get that that's the gag in the film. Agreed. But, yeah, I'm not, not going to be too hard on it for that. But, no. but it is one of the, the bigger – it is one of the things that I, I did notice as we as we went through it. Any other little dislikes for you? Because I haven't got any others. No, that was it. Mine as were pretty minor, similar to you, but they were things that were kind of felt throughout, yeah. throughout the runtime. All right. That is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Podomatic. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au or on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia and at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. We're also on Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Keep an eye on our Facebook page for any for further details of our next film coming up. But until then, take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.